My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. others face their fears and catch the next wave to a brighter life, transurfing a new horizon. Maria West, the woman behind lovetruthandbeauty.com, joins me, Mystic Mark, here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode with Maria West. in the boob tube or outside witnessing something or the shit going on in your head which is usually a reaction to everything out here or all of your worries about all your mind control programming and all the stuff all that negative self-talk so by owning your attention the moment you feel yourself tripping out or overwhelmed by what you see, you've got to wake yourself up and enter into the center screen awareness center because our awakened state is our natural state. And it resides here where we can see everything in the outer screen, notice everything that's going on here and know the difference when you're here where you can witness all of it going on at the same time. And it's only from here that we can compose an up-leveled reality through all of these different layers and components that create materialized reality. You gotta do that mental work. Ladies awesome. and gentlemen, Welcome 
to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I Back again. It. Here we are with a, a lovely guest. Her name is Maria West. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. I know you're probably not only a good candidate for the show based on the title, but you're also someone who can probably offer a great deal of help and maybe even wisdom for those who are in a situation where the show is relatable to them, the title. You know, I mean, we get into so many odd subjects on this show, but I do like to make a point to focus occasionally on what people can do when they're in a situation and, and the, the situations run the spectrum of extremity. But Absolutely. before we get into that, you know, if you could give us a little background on yourself and then maybe tell us the beginnings of your journey, because I know it's been a long one and I, I think it's... it's <laughs> yeah, it, it is. <laughs> I turned 63 in a week or something so on the 21st. So it's like... Wow, I've been here. We're both a while, Libras. Man. My birthday's tomorrow. You're you're a Libra uh, too. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Are Thank we recording? You. We are recording. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday, blessings, Libra brother. Yeah. Damn. Happy almost birthday for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, um, well, let's see. I, I guess I'll start with my mother was a man-hating psycho. Okay. And, uh, and we immigrated here when I was young and she was not happy with me. She didn't want to be a mom. She really didn't want me. And I was a very curious, uh, kind of, uh, precocious little one, always asking questions. Um, and I adored her. My mom is, was very beautiful. And I still look at her and go, <gasps> you're so pretty. And I would just follow her around. And uh, I just, I drove her nuts. And I invoked, invoked, evoked the hatred in her. And so I grew up in this virtual war zone, where I wasn't right. I was the devil girl. And I was really the bane of her existence. And uh, all I wanted was to be loved. And so what I did to escape that is I Pretended I was a fucking fairy. That's what I did. And so I escaped that sort of thing in order for me to like really be who I really am. Like I was really connected to that because I was connected to nature and I loved being outside. I loved being in my body. I love just the whole interaction of what it is to be in a body and to learn how to interact with, with things and with, with plants. So as you can see, I have 300 plants plus uh, all over my house. And that's kind of how it was um, when I was growing up is this pretending using my imagination to really kind of get the fuck out of Dodge and be able to, uplift myself in a way where I could get beaten down. I could get bloodied and bruised. I could have bones broken and get yelled at and be called names and uh, be told all sorts of things that I knew weren't true and be able to somehow survive. And that's kind of like how I did it. And uh, so my mother's answer to things, obviously violence, yelling, um, just a lot of belittling, a lot of neglect, 
And uh, I have a younger brother, and that was her golden child. And so the uh, the contrasting experiences for me to be treated one way and to notice my younger brother be treated as if, uh, you know, he had hung the sun, moon, and stars was very apparent to me. And uh, so I had these moments where I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, what is wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I was lucky where I had a nanny who, um, because my mom didn't really want to take care of me, who just really instilled in me that, you know what, don't pay attention to her. She's got problems, that kind of thing. And to just really stay true. So I was very creative. I was very, um, very psychic, very emotionally aware, very uh, tuned into other people's pain. And I learned how to, in my fairy realm, uh, be able to like do quote unquote healings. And I could feel that people were like really bumming out and I would either be able to touch them or sort of be able to do hands, hands on stuff. Uh, I take photographs and look at them and go and just wish them well and really tuning in to their receptivity of what it was that I was offering them, okay? Now, contrasting that, uh, I noticed that there were a lot of unhappy people, my mother included. And so one of my things that I noticed was the sort of addiction to the boob tube. So this is growing up in the 60s. And that was the whole thing is that nobody spoke to each other. Nobody spoke to me. I mean, uh, my earliest recollection of being asked what it was that I wanted. I was in nursery school or kindergarten, and uh, I was asked. We were building snow domes out of baby food jars <laughs> and mothballs and glitter stars and um, all that kind of stuff. And I was asked what color I wanted my glitter. Do I want silver, copper, or gold? And I was so I was so whacked out by that question because nobody had ever really asked me directly what I wanted. And, and so that was like kind of a new thing. It's like, wow, okay, there, there are other things going on here. And so those contrasting experiences of having this one household and then seeing other people in like my neighbors, my best friend, her family, I would escape over there. They actually talked to each other at the dinner table. It was kind of amazing. So it, it's like I knew that I don't know what I had done to be dropped in this shit show, uh, but I was going to make the best of it. So um, pretending to be a fairy allowed me to not just engage my my third eye, my imagination, but to also kind of advocate for myself, even if it was if it was in secret, to be who I really, really am, no matter what was going on with the family. And so, um, as the black sheep, uh, I under I I took on really the family tribal shame in both directions. My father was not in the picture um, ever. And so I didn't grow up with a healthy sort of masculine model. I didn't even know what that was. And uh, like most of the men in my uh, family truck, they were all 
order takers. They were all part of the military on all branches. And so they'd hit town for, you know, a few weeks and then they were gone. So in my experience, men were not reliable. They're going to go do this, that, and the other thing. And then you have mom who's just insane. So I vowed that I was not going to be like that. I was going to be the complete I wouldn't say opposite, but just kind of stayed true to uh, the magic that I felt that was actually me, if 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 you can relate to that, which I'm sure you probably can, um, because I think as I, I call us divine in the flesh, as divine in the flesh, we have these markers, we have these inklings of who and what we really, really are for real. So... As I got older, as a teenager, I gravitated toward the works of uh, Neville Goddard. I read a lot of fantasy, sci-fi. I was into all sorts of magical stuff. I loved the music. Um, I started playing the piano when I was four years old and the violin. So those were also escapes from the virtual hellhole shit show war zone that I was in of this very, very unhappy woman who just didn't have the tools. My mom was very young. She didn't have the tools to deal with her stuff and um, didn't have the sort of support. Um, And as I got to know her, I started asking questions, which she avoided mostly, uh, but eventually it would turn out that when she was very young, during the Japanese occupation of the Philippine Islands, uh, her family was forced to go underground because apparently my grandfather was on the hit list, so to speak. And so it, it became very clear to me that my mother was deeply affected by war, by fear of extermination, fear of harm, fear of violence, all of that. And so I have a lot of compassion for her, but, you know, just because you have compassion for people doesn't mean you have to hang around their toxic shit. Doesn't mean you have to subject yourself to, you know, trying to immerse yourself or insert yourself in a way um, that would maintain contact. It was never good for me. Never, ever, ever, ever. And uh, so I have not spoken to my mother in years. It'll be eight years. And the last time I spoke to her, I called her when my first book came out and went live on, on Amazon. I was so excited. This was a project that I worked on for 10 fucking years. I, amidst everything that I was doing on top of things and raising other people's kids, and doing my own thing and and staying up in the wee hours of the night for 10 years trying to do this thing putting and it finally goes i give her a call like i just i want a nice pat on the back or thumbs up you know i i had just turned 55 just a few weeks before that and she literally spat in my face on the phone and said you're so selfish you haven't even asked your own mother how she's doing which I always do. That's always the first thing. And she basically told me how selfish I was to talk only about myself, about this book that just went live. And she told me to fuck off and die. And she hung up on me. And I remember looking at my phone going, 
all righty then, you got it. And I never spoke to her again. And, you know, I thought that would be hard, but it hasn't been all that hard because what it did is that it actually gave me permission to let it go. And that was the beginning of sort of the unraveling of every toxic relationship that I was endeavoring to hold on to because I wanted to, my whole thing is I want to uplift people. I see people large, but just because I see them large and I come from that place of really seeing who and what they are, doesn't mean they see me that way. And that was a hard lesson for me to, to learn. And because I am so, you know, I think one of the qualities that I really had to learn about and there's a polarity of being innocent so there's innocence and there's being naive and a lot of my innocence it feels to me up to that point had gotten spilled into this naivety that really harmed me in ways so that has been sort of my own realization, a deeper learning into the dark night of the soul, the darkness of humanity, because, you know, I I go on and on and on in the past about the evil dark cabal, but really the evil dark cabal is within each and every one of us in our hearts. And so me trying to separate that It's like I had a blind spot. It's like, you know, as long as I'm protecting children, I will weather any storm. I will weather any abusive, toxic relationship with men, women, um, you know, and it's it's been apparent to me that I have entered into this incarnation really to experience the worst of the worst, not just of women, but also of men. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm here is to be able to transmute that and teach how to transmute that it, doing it yourself or uh, as in a step-by-step how to, um, so that you can move forward and offer up your own little bit of magic. You know, I mean, this is part of what you're doing at such a young, tender age. I love it. You know, thank you. And I know I just said a mouthful. So no. interrupt me because I can yak and go on. That's what we like around here. I, I just <laughs> like to sit back and, and ask questions, but you know, you hit on a lot of things that resonate from my personal experience, not just with, myself and my own life and my relationships with my family, but with, you know, my loved one and her relationships with her family. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that point, uh, the phase that you characterize as naivete, because mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like this could be something that people get lost in with shows like this, you know, this idea of conspiratainment or even, you know, spiritainment where people are sort of you know, they're in digesting all this information, but they're maybe still hanging on to some of the uh, things that are holding them back, the bad yes. behaviors or even relationships with people who are who are toxic and, and, again, don't see the world the same way we might. Yeah, yeah. Boy, where to start on that? Well, um, I, I think the school of hard knocks for me has, like, shown me 
that when people show you who they really are with their shitty behavior, you believe them. And so uh, a lot of my, like I said, I always see people large. I always see people as their higher self. And so, uh, and for the most part, that works for me. That works for me in that I noticed that there is this sort of beautiful golden thread in my interactions. But then there's also the dark side of that that love and light kind of thing only. And that's where I, I sort of got caught up in that kind of new age bullshit thing that, oh, everybody is just, you know, they're doing the best they can. Actually, no, they're fucking not. Some people do not want to do the best that they can. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. They get off on hurting people. And that's that uh, psychopathy that seems to be running rampant these days. And especially with social media and everything being online, you really don't know who you're dealing with. And, uh, you know, and I've had to learn the hard way in terms of, you know, giving the keys to my castle with certain employees, you know, way back when, where I didn't vet people properly and I ended up getting my shit wrecked and robbed. And, uh, um, you know, my YouTube channel got deplatformed in 2015 because these same fucking people who I thought I had hired rightfully so because you know they were on board with my message and you know it's like flattery will get you everywhere and so that sort of uh you know that new age love bombing everything's love and light and i see you and it's like fuck off you know you have to vet people and i learned this the hard way where you know here i am 55 and it's not, not only did my mother out herself but everybody in my community in dare i say it i'm gonna say it the san francisco bay area of california that fucking shit everything i work for for 20 something years 13 years online was fucking leveled because i did not discern i naively took people at their at face value I didn't really know anything about them, but because they knew this person who knew me. Yeah. Let's just give the green light here. Here are the keys. Have it all. Oh, you want my bank statements? Oh, good. You want to do the books for me? Fab. That's how dumb I was, you know? And in, in hindsight, that shit needed to happen. It really did because not only was I living the split of being really, really, really super nice, on YouTube, I was mm, I was in everybody's face. I was outing the cabal. I was outing this. I was outing that. I was combative. I was, you, you know, on the one hand, being nice to all of my people and seeing them large, but then doing the split with the evildoers, you know, and I know better. I know better. You know, as a grand creator... Uh, I, I, I've been uh, transurfing reality since 2005. I don't know if you know Vadim Zalen's work, reality transurfing. I mean, I've been doing this. I know better than to 
push up against the shit I don't like, to irritate the matrix, to go against my own convictions of uh, accepting people to be different from me. And that includes the cabal ball, my friends, you know, they have every right to fucking exist. Everything is mine, you know? So uh, there you go. So the conundrum of all of that, I don't know where the hell I was, but you know, it was, it was a confused state. And I get to say that because I don't own my shit. You know, I was not really walking my talk. You know, I was doing it on a certain level, but then on the other level, I wasn't, it was all over the map and working all the time, working, working, working all the time, not celebrating anything, not taking a breath, not, uh, not, uh, really walking the talk of self-caring. And it really took all of my stuff getting leveled and gutted to wake the fuck up and go, oops, Wow, that didn't work out so well, though, did it? You know, and then to realize, too, that in the community of the truth and freedom, no one reached out to me when this shit went down. It was freedom. It it was Freeman Fly who three years later reached out to me and said, hey, how are you doing? Let's talk. Let's talk about what's happened. And he was he was totally, totally gracious about it. But everybody else, they were like going, oh, shit. Did you hear about what happened to her? No one would touch me. No one would talk to me. And I think it was because the fear of, uh, you know, association, associating with me. Uh, I, I had clients who told me uh, after my website had gotten gutted. Oh, by the way, um, that. That testimonial that I gave you, would you mind not putting that up again? It's like people just, you know, they back the fuck up when YouTube deplatforms you, when your website gets hacked, when, you know, social media, um, uh, my, my first author page was taken off of Facebook for whatever reason. And so you know, to see yourself on the sort of, you know, adversarial end where, you know, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. And then to start at ground zero and to rethink it and realize, okay, what am I missing here? So I had to like, really, I had quite a number of come to Jesus moments where I'm just like, fuck, you know, I did this. I did this. YouTube didn't do it to me. I did it. I knew better. And, uh, you know, one of the things in reality trend surfing is that, you know, if you're going to waltz in and out of the matrix, the last thing you need to do is get into the crosshairs of some very bad entities in the matrix. And it's like, oops, what happened? I forgot. I forgot about that. You know, I was so caught up in my anger and my frustration and uh, my disgust and really just, um, you know, just fighting, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm not, not fighting anymore. And so it, it took a while and here, here it is. It's fight. Well, I started the new YouTube channel five years after the deplatforming and it's cause I really need to get my shit straight. What is it that I'm all about? I'm all about love, truth, and beauty. That's it. 
You know, it's not just about deactivating trauma. It's not about creating content where you're going to out certain things, but you have to be strategic about it. You can't be, you know, on your mouthpiece telling the cabal to fuck off. I tell the cabal to fuck off and then I smooch them. You know, you know, it's like I see you large because they have every right to exist. And everything's everything is mind anyway. It's all mental. So hello, you know, and, and to be able to work from those those principles, the hermetic principles, you know, so I really had to uh, I applied each one of those principles to the shit show of what I created to get my ass deplatformed. And it was sobering. It was really sobering. It's like, whoa, girl. And so, you know, I, I'm really, I'm really dedicated to uh, really applying those principles and teaching people how to do it because there's a lot of people that talk about natural law and the great work. And they think that it's about putting out content about government being slavery. Okay, that's good. But what are you doing in your personal life? Are you showing up? Are you showing up for yourself? Are you showing up for your family? Are you harming yourself? Are you neglecting your children? Are you slapping around your husband, your wife, your girlfriends? What are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And to get real clear uh, that, you know, we're, we all have to answer to love, truth, and beauty, I think. And especially those of us who are purporting to be advocates and champions of natural law or of the divine masculine and feminine, you better have your shit straight. Because I do believe, I do believe in karma. And and if if you are not congruent, and when I say congruent, I'm talking about what I call heart, mind, body, soul coordination. That is unity consciousness to me. You know, your heart, your feelings, your emotions, your thought quality, your beliefs, your actions, okay? The, the stuff you do and the stuff you don't do, equally important. The stuff that you, where you just bear witness and you are rock solid, in your stillness, all that is all that is important to be in alignment and congruent with your soul. They all have to speak the same language. They all have to be uh, vibrating to that highest that highest quality. And so, and if it's not, you're gonna out yourself. Shit is gonna get wrecked. And it's happened time and time and time again. And I'm witnessing all these people who are like. Oh man, you you were just right. I don't want to be right. I'm telling you that I'm not making this stuff up. This is all divine law. This is all natural law. And it doesn't give two shits about your feelings, you know, about your personal stuff. But it is up to you to apply what you know, those principles, and be very impeccable in your integrity. Um, in every category of your life, you can't, you can't be uh, like, that was my problem. I was not in, in some categories I was good in others. I was just fucking off. I was sound asleep at the wheel and, uh, I did not, I was not owning my attention. You know, I was letting circumstances, uh, like really rule me, 
you know? Yeah. Wow. So around the time of the deplatforming, there was a transition to love, truth, and beauty. And I, yes. I, as a Libra, fellow Libra, I know we both can appreciate that maybe a little bit more. Uh, I don't know, at least we're told. And uh, I'm curious, though, you know, what exactly do you think got you deplatformed? Because I agree with your, your you know, decision to emphasize the glass half full, so to speak, rather than the glass half empty. Yes. But yes. do you think it was just that you were sort of promoting a glass half empty? Or do you think you were touching on things that they particularly did not want out? It, it was all of that. <laughs> all of that. So I do remember this one particular video kind of thing. Now, I, I do not do politics. I don't vote. I voted once for Ross Perot. That was long ago, long ago in the early 90s. Okay, I'll never do it again. Fuck it. You know, it's like, who are these people? You know, I don't want to participate. So I did a thing, and this was when my assistant, Sabina, uh, was still alive. She passed away, uh, like, shockingly, suddenly in 2018. But, um, and when I got to platform, she was, um, she'd just come out of a maternity leave. She'd had four girls over the course of, yeah, not very long. So she was very, very, very busy. Her life had changed. So um, anyways, when <laughs> we decided to do this thing and uh, I've met Donald Trump twice. I like him. Would I vote for him? No. But I I liked him in the sense that, you know, first of all, he's really tall. And uh, there's something about him where, like, he I expected him to have shiny object syndrome, but he didn't. He was, like, really focused in. He focused in on everybody that was in the reception line waiting to meet him. And I found that really shocking because I know I, I, I've been in the music industry. I know a lot of quote-unquote famous people. I know how they are. I mean, they can't keep the focus. And that's what I noticed about him. So anyways, during that whole, uh, I guess when he had announced his, what he was going to do and all that, I'm like thinking, wow, this is going to be a really good drama shit show in the matrix. You know, it's like, let's just start making popcorn right now and just see what happens. And anyway, so I just noticed all of a sudden, there were like these slants, like he was a leftist. I don't know why. And then all of a sudden, he was like being hated. So we, Sabine and I created this, it was a triptych kind of thing. What he said, what Fox says, what CNN says. And I I remember Sabine and I, go, we're going, yeah, this is not really our style. Like, maybe we shouldn't do this. And maybe we don't, we don't want to get in the crosshairs because... I'd been like pushing it hard. Um, and I did another video about uh, the Clintons. And uh, because I'd been getting hit up from my so-called feminist friends to uh, provide money for her campaign. And I'm just like going, oh, fuck no, no way. Just because I have a vagina and she does too, doesn't mean she's getting my vote. And even that is questionable. So you know, and I say it very jokingly because I'm snarky in that respect. And so I remember when we put out that video, 
it got into a lot of trouble with a lot of people. And uh, I actually ended up taking it down. So right before we published it, Sabina said, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. And I'm like going, well, and I was moving. I was moving out of California at the same time. So it's like, okay. So I hemmed and hobbed, hemmed and hobbed. I said, do it. Do it. It was over. It was just over. They've had enough of me. And I think it's because I was pushing the cabal ball. I made a lot of uh, relationship stuff with uh, HC and uh, the cabal ball. (laughs) I always talk like that. And, you know, people were like going, what the fuck are you talking about? And, um, you know, so I would get into these conversations with people. And I think that's what did it. It was like the last straw that that's it you can't be doing this and then i did other stupid shit you know i did i did stuff where i did a whole video series on the coffee enema you know stuff like that with me you know the camera looking at me looking at me from behind on my computer putting the order in and then answering the UPS guy knocking on the door, delivering it and opening it. And there was quite a number of unglamorous things. So I think I was just doing stuff that whatever, you know, it just, it, and so, so now for me, it, I am, I've got the iPhone. I hit record. I'm either on zoom. I don't edit. I don't edit. Not going to learn any editing programs. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to do it. There's no music. I mean, I used to get strikes for my own music. That's stupid. And then have to prove that I actually own the copyrights to my music. I mean, it's just such a waste. So I think, so that's on the end of, you know, what me pushing it, but also just the anger and the frustration that I was running and um, not so much snarky, but really just kind of, I was kind of mean, I have to say. I'm going to own it. I was kind of mean-spirited and, uh, you know, purporting to wish people well, but then, I mean, at the end of the day, I was not wishing HC very well. Okay, I'll own that. And, you know, so my in-your-face hatred for the cabal ball, so to speak, I I think it was my undoing, honestly. You know, when I think about the energy that I was putting out to expose, you know, and I did a lot of stuff on, on on SRA, satanic ritual abuse. I did a lot of, and that was more on the sensationalistic stuff. Let's talk about the blood and gore of it rather than the solutions of unwinding and deactivating that trauma. Do you see what I mean? And it's like night and day. Hmm. It didn't serve me. It really didn't serve me to be in that, in that, uh, uh, what, what is it? It's um, that righteous indignation mm. because you're still pushing up against it. Well, and also, you know, 
not to focus only on the superficiality, but it's hard to, you know, uh, have someone like you talking about all this stuff and maintain their narrative. You know, if I do it, they're like, oh, well, he's just like some white supremacist, like guy who's like, can't get laid. He's in the woods. So they might not, you know, delete my YouTube channel, but they see this beautiful woman here with wisdom and, and obviously a lot of like experience and, and appealing to a wider audience of people who might look at me. And and I'm Eurasian. Mm. So so part of, like, I remember the hate mail. Some of the hate mail is that you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I've been called a, a, oh my God, a patriarchy apologist. Wow. <laughs> a, a brown skin, female, white male supremacist. I've been called that. I mean, because I don't get on the masculine hate train. I just don't. You know, and in a lot of my talks, and this has been this has been over the years, very consistent. One of my signature uh, speaking points is the integration of the masculine and feminine within. Mm. And and of course, in the matrix and and all of that mind control, it's all divide and conquer. So we're going to divide masculine and feminine men women and now we've got the fucking 92 pronouns oh my god and people cannot see it they can't see through it Mm. and so because i i'm eurasian and i have a certain uh you know there's certain assumptions that people make about me that i'm some kind of leftist man-hating fake feminist you know i'm not (laughs) i'm not i've had people apologize to me about racism i've never experienced it Mm. i integrated here i didn't experience it and i'll say this that was not my reality i'm not some helpless little helpless little asian girl that oh my god you know dude i got i got three black belts fuck (laughs) off don't even don't challenge me you're compelling and so you know it's like what's the deal yeah you're compelling you're interesting and you you speak it well and and it's hard to to put you in the the box under those labels that they want to confine people to and i think that's really do it well i think if they don't do it they get really Mm. upset right well i think that i mean in my opinion, take it for what it's worth, is more likely the reason why they censored your account because I see the more, we'll say, negative content that's leaning glass half empty, which you did sort of reconcile. Like, I don't really uh, feel that, you know, proud of myself for participating in that. But it seems like they're okay with that flavor of, you know, conspiracy because it fits into this extremist sort of catch 22 that they try to pull us all in when we figure out what's really going on. And, and yeah, I I wonder, you know, if the opposite is true now that you're doing more inspiring stuff that maybe they'll try to censor you again, because it's like, oh shoot, she's uplifting (laughs) people. (laughs) Well, Bitshoot took down Mm. one of my videos recently, and it was a video where I was outing the truth movement, Mm. where because I have people coming at me, you know, reporting to me. I don't like gossip. I don't like, you know, but when people are, you know, sending me like videos and and, uh, snapshots, screenshots of like shit, and I'm like, what the hell? And I know that for myself, and also being part of One Great Work Network, 
Mark Passio's um, uh, platform, you know, I feel like I have a responsibility as the grandma of one great work network that, okay, dudes and ladies, if you guys are purporting this and that, and you're not practicing the principles to your daily life and to your own mind control and not deactivate and not doing the great inner work, and you think just pumping out content is going to do it, you are kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. And I was just, you know, that video was really about imploring everyone that we could do better as community. Um, and I know I, I saw your uh, podcast with Sam Tripoli and we could do better as a community. Absolutely. And we are better together. But, you know, and and I think he acknowledged that, uh, you know, the truth and freedom movement they tear each other down. It's it's like the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And I've seen this for decades. You know, I mean, whether you're talking about uh, disclosure with the u- ufology community or or um, uh, healthy food, healthy lifestyle, whatever. I mean, they are going to war with each other. And th- there isn't any unity, which is why I'm always kind of like on the outside looking in. I don't, uh, you know, and I was I was telling a, a lot of the kids, it's like, you want to spread the word about natural law and truth? You need to start practice, practicing doing your talks and your events in venues that would throw fucking rocks at you. You need to learn how to take a hit energetically in order to uh, uplift and perhaps inspire maybe one or two in an audience that would throw you under the bus in a nanosecond. Mm. So that was one of the things. And Bitchute took it down. Right. Like, whatever. Mm. You know, so I'm hearing all this stuff that Bitchute is just kind of like, it can get really bitchy and mm. just... I didn't get any warning, nothing. So well, I'll tell you what, I have some experience with that. I, although I'm not a part of the great work network. Uh, I, I started a podcast cooperative called alt media United with the intention of helping people become independent content creators, not relying on a network, not relying on mm-hmm. any one entity and also having the education to know how to do a podcast in an independent way. And, it's interesting, you know, we've had a lot of people uh, join in, some little disputes and quarrels here and there. And yeah, it's, it's sort of disheartening to see when people are not like in it for the right reasons. With Alt Media United, I mean, we're really just a website where people can go to find this type of content. So there's no like, you know, inner workings of the, the group, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, it's it's concerning, you know, and I think it speaks to the larger uh, systematic illness that infects our society more or less. You know, people are yeah. waking up, but they're carrying with them some patterns from their trauma yes. or whatever yeah. they've experienced. That has got to go. It's mm. all got to go because if we don't clear out our trauma, and this is this is a thing too that I I make very very clear, and in that video. You know, I, I turned it around. I went, look, you know, uh, if you think I'm talking about you, you're probably right. I am. 
And I love you. I hold you large. You know, this is the work that we have to do. It's not just about creating content. You have to really wield that heart, mind, body, soul coordination, which means you can't default at the end of the day of doing all of your content to, uh, you know, hitting up all your addictions and avoiding your bullshit. You can't. It's not going to be sustainable, you know, because you're you're not going to get away with it. That's all there is to it. So, you know, I was just really speaking kind of kind of from a I'm a good mommy. So I I, uh, a very uh, kind of feminine, not a hard learning. You know, I don't want to do tough love, but, you know, I'm one of those people. I will call bullshit on things. I call that my own bullshit, you know, because and that's one of the things is that when you're doing this work and you're creating content, you have to catch yourself snoozing. Yeah. You know, when you start getting caught up in your own hype or your own stupid Mm. or your own avoidance of your pain. You know, I consider our PTSDs or pains, traumas, suffering and dramas as as invitations to wake up. And own your attention. because Otherwise, the matrix and all our traumas own the attention. Mm. And, you know, the cabal ball, they own everything else. You can't let them own your attention. You have to be, you have to have dominion. That's what sovereignty is, is that you have dominion over your reality. And you understand the principles the principles, the hermetic principles, natural law principles, and you apply them. You don't, you just don't, you know, talk about this umbrella of practicing natural law. You know, I, I'm on to y'all who talk that way. Okay. Cause I can tell when you have no earthly idea how to start the DIY, the do it yourself, pain in the ass, inner work of being really radically honest with where you don't show up for yourself and you default to, uh, you know, some family mandate, you know, and that's, that's one of the things about doing the great inner work is you have to make good on extricating yourself from your first cult, which is your family of origin. And, you know, I don't mean to be disrespectful for those of you who find that offensive. Um, and, you know, I'm an equal opportunity offender. So, <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> you got you got a great point, and I think we are in a sort of cult world order where the cult like mentality prevails, and secret societies yeah. are ruling and fighting with each other over who can be the best, uh, you know, shepherds of the flock, so to speak. And yes. Yes, and they all turn into the same totalitarian shit show that's run by yet another psycho wannabe guru, okay? Mm. The Tantra community has been part of that. The goddess entrepreneurial community is like that. The entrepreneurial change makers, oh my God, I have floated in and out of these groups and they're all the same. You, This echo chamber of fucking agreement you know, I don't belong to any of those clubs, you know, and I, you know, we have to learn how, what it feels like to get thrown under the bus because, oh, you're naughty. We don't say that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> we don't say that kind of stuff. It's like, whatever, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 
I think that we're in sort of a precocious situation where people are being, you know, processed, their trauma is sort of being ingrained into them, and then they're sharing that with others. But it starts somewhere, and uh, yeah, it seems like this has been systematic, whether it's, you know, MK Ultra or just the, the dumbing down of our education system, the, yeah. you know, totalitarian spiritual beliefs that sort of founded this country. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting, you know, equation of different causes leading to this ultimate effect of people not feeling in touch with who they really are, their yeah. source, their higher self. And I'm curious, you, you mentioned that the great inner work several times. Where does this come from? Is this a sort of systemized concept or is this something that's sort of just used as like a, a generalized statement to describe a process that... that I, I think it's a generalized statement. I think it's been hijacked actually mm. by, uh, by pop psychology, by new age bullshit, uh, and also by by the truth movement, you know, because one of the things that I notice about, uh, you know, just the whole desire, the whole need for outside affirmation to belong, okay, um, you know, these are all very indicative of trauma in terms of our tribal, our family of origin connections. And if you don't get that straight, you are going to project that need onto a group, onto a cause, onto, you know, some echo chamber where, you know, as long as you get agreement, then you're going to feel good about yourself. It's an illusion. It's, it's delusional, actually. You have to learn how to stand on your own. And how are you going to do that? You've got to, like, pick through, as what I say, you know, this is the pain in the ass work that I did where I was on my hands and knees literally for decades sifting through, uh, the Tibetans call it the charnel grounds, which is the burial grounds of all of your unprocessed unquestioned, unchallenged, okay, beliefs, beliefs in your traumas, beliefs in your limiting stories, beliefs in your, you know, whatever. And we are in a society within the matrix where we weaponize our woundology and it gives us an excuse to act shitty and to blame an entire group of people for your traumas. I mean, wow, way to go. I mean, that is not empowering. That's not empowering. And then expect some kind of uh, remuneration, restitution for it. I mean, it's like, what? What? It, it, it's so weird. Like, I just, I, I've had strange experiences. Um, so in the middle of a, when, when Seven Oinson, uh I, I call it the COVID. When that hit, I remember being in a box store right? because I have a thing about plants and I, I just, I need to get the fuck out, you know? So I go to this box store and uh, everybody's masked. I'm not wearing a mask. I don't get, everybody's looking at me. What is she doing? Yeah, what I, yeah, back away. Everybody's backing away. But there was this dude, I noticed him and I'm like going, huh, that's interesting. And I'm intuitive. I feel energy. He was, he was, there was some kind of interest. And I'm thinking, 
what's he going to ask me out? Uh, and, you know, I hadn't been out on a date in a long, long time. So I, I was just like, maybe he's going to ask me out and, and ask me out and go for a drink. I'll go, whatever. And when I got to the aisle that I need to go, I was doing a, yeah, I was doing a revamp of my uh, outside irrigation, you know, so I could be outside, basically. And this guy got on his hands and knees knelt before me and asked for my forgiveness. I shit you not. I'm like, wow. Rise up, my friend. You know, it's like, get off your knees. What is wrong with you? And he's apologizing for this racism thing, which I, as I said, I never experienced it. So I, I told him straight up, look, dude, I don't know. And apparently this was the latest uh, politicized um, uh, shit show that was going on in in mainstream media that people were falling for. These people apologizing, white people, white men apologizing. And I was like, wow, okay. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wrote down some things I sent over him over to uh uh mark passio site one on earth is happening.com i said here start from video one and work your way through because you know this little suffering you know what exactly are you apologizing for i mean he was just dumbfounded and all i could think about is wow what would have happened if he had approached some crazy man-hating uber leftist progressive crazy person I mean, what would have happened to him? Would, would he have been killed? I mean, I don't know. Probably we would have wiped the their shoes on his back. <laughs> Holy moly. But that's some of the crazy shit that's happened to me. And I've also had crazy, angry, fake feminists knock me down to the ground and spit on my face wow. for my talk regarding the integration of the masculine and feminine. I mean, it's the most... You can't make this shit up. It's like, are they not hearing me? Am I just not being heard? Mm. I'm not talking about divide and conquer. I'm talking about, you know, the divine masculine is not a man, just like the divine feminine is not a woman. These are the animating energies that animate both men and women. Okay? So it's so weird to me that... All the shit gets like so twisted and convoluted where I'm being accused of like hate crimes and shit because I'm talking about the heros gamos of the masculine and feminine, the sacred marriage within, because that's where I go. You want to heal the divide and conquer out in the matrix? You better heal the divide and conquer within your own masculine and feminine. Okay. The doing and the being part of yourself. Because that's where it starts. That's, to me, the great inner work is really looking deep within yourself. And, you know, how do you how do you deal with the being part being part of you? How do you deal with the doing part of you? I know that for me, as a woman who has been out in the world in her in in my my sacred work, I, I, I'm going into my 36th year of doing what I do. And I've had to mostly be in my masculine. You know, I'm not a man 
But the doing, doing, doing has been of great importance in me being able to disseminate the information, the, yeah, the information that I'm endeavoring to impart and to uplift uh, humanity in my own special way, my own unique way. And, uh, you know, that's not going to happen with me owing out. That's for sure. So, you know, in terms of left, right brain synchronization, I am the ultimate in that. You know, I'm good with that. I'm great with math. I, I'm a musician. I'm, I'm also an artist. And uh, so I do well in all those realms. And that's part of the great inner work is to, you know, balance our brain hemispheres and not get stuck in bombing out or get stuck in that doing, 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 doing that hustle culture. I don't want to be part of that. And I know what that's like. That is not sustainable. It will ruin all of your relationships, including your relationship with your, with your own sacredness. Um, you know, the whole healthcare. And I just realized I've just been, wow, ranting. No, you're great. I'm following you. I'm like sitting here waiting for my chance to get. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I love all the points you're making. And I, I think, you know, these are the types of thoughts that, you know, whether we have a conclusion for here in this conversation, we at least want to provoke this thinking in people because, it seems like at least, you know, this is sort of on my mind right now. I just did an interview on Skull and Bones and their influence on the university system mm -hmm. and how secret societies yeah. are all a part of that from the get-go. And, you know, we see this Marxism come through the college system with this secret society that spread itself throughout the country. And look at the result of it. You have this yeah. weaponization of the youth and their natural yeah. sense to rebel against the standard order of things. Yeah. Uh, they've weaponized that against them to fulfill the sort of conscripts of the co the corporation. And, and, and to your point, this like hustle culture of, oh, girl, you could be your own boss, girl. You don't need no man like this whole ideology. And then the worst part is this the privileged group of women who have so much freedom because of their parents' wealth that they're yes. just able to fund these insane thought, thought projects and thought yeah. experiments of like, you know, oh, well, what is it like to, you know, contemplate my asexuality uh, under like an olive tree? And they spend, you know, 10 years writing a thesis on that. And it's like, yeah. what are you contributing to society, lady? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, exactly. And that whole uh, Marxism, that was happening when I was in college in the 70s. Like, mm. I couldn't believe how... And I was being approached, you know, because I'm great at math and science, being approached about, oh, you poor thing, you know, and I'm just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? But the insistence that, uh, you know, um, I, I am uh, underprivileged and underserved. No, actually, I'm not. I live in the Berkeley Hills. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I've not experienced that. Mm. I, I've experienced that from Asian people, but I, I've not experienced that kind of uh, systemic racism and sexism. Mm. No. You know, right. but they were trying to shove it down my throat 
Like it was a thing and I just didn't buy it. I saw right through it. I'm like, mm, you know what? You should probably hit somebody up who's going to fall for that because I'm not falling for it. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And so to see that just be this sort of thread and, uh, you know, I went to, I went to an all girls Catholic school for a while and, um, you know, just the whole thing, like the secret society on the, the trivium and the quadrivium. I mean, it's just like, it blows me away. And I was actually introduced to the trivium. And so, uh, and in their own way, I think that the nuns were, you know, it was actually more focused on, on grammar and me learning English. So, uh, you know, that was like, uh, I just really didn't want to speak. And every now and again, I'll, I'll say the wrong words and, and, or I'll put the, I'll put the accent on the wrong thing, you know, whatever. And, but, but it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. So I watch all this and I'm like going, this is just like, I've watched it. And then being from the Bay area of California, the San Francisco Bay area, the entitlement the entitlement of woundology, you are going to be rewarded for your traumas. It's better to reward you than it is for you to figure out how you can break the cycle. Or they have these programs to break the cycle, and it's a fucking Band-Aid that is enough to scratch the surface and piss you off even more so that you can be more polarized in your uh, in your victimization mm, and it and prolongs so that the victim issue. culture. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's it... even an affront. Uh, I've had people get in my face that I've left people too many people behind, uh, um, who are still, who are still wounded and still victimized. And that, uh, you know, I, it, like I'm doing something wrong because I'm celebrating people who have figured it out. It, it just kind of blows my mind. So if you're healed, man, you know, you can be in trouble for that. Right. Weird. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's incredible. The, the hypocrisy of these institutions, you know, they get these sort of more elite people and then convince them that they're, they're victims. And it really just belays any progress of, of, of actually, creating a better system you know these people who are are part of maybe the privileged class they have room in their lives to contemplate society and shape it in a way yeah. that's constructive and I, I think college and these institutions they try to get ahead of that by weaponizing this extremist philosophy and a lot of those schools that permeated that psychology that was or the philosophies of you know political extremism They've kind of permeated in these sort of far left schools for a while and then resurfaced over the past so many uh, years with the Internet and, and kind of gotten a, a little bit more of a leeway into their possibly like uh, nexum of control over yeah. how people see the world. But we're shattering that more and more now yeah. with podcasts like this, with YouTube channels like the one you did initially and, and the one you do now. And yeah, I'm very curious about you know, exactly what connections you you know about the cabal, because I would love to 
to get into that here, uh, especially considering YouTube can't censor us. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, what I'm doing, because I spent so much time and energy outing that, that I like to call them the cabal ball, mm. and is really focusing in on the hermetic principles, uh, focusing in on reality creation, um, really focusing in on our true nature, because that for me is really more in alignment with the truth of who and what we are as these sparks Mm. of uh, the all. And to learn that because the all is mental, that if you want to change stuff, one of the things that you have to do in the great inner work is up-level your thought quality. Not just up-level it, but to be able to use your power of visualization, your third eye, your ability to uh, see possibilities and go with that. And so, you know, that's been part of the fun thing is to, uh, because I I get a lot of letters. It's funny, people are, (laughs) they're afraid to like leave comments, you know? And so that's been the latest thing, but it's funny because one of the things that I've had to do on this YouTube channel is look for the porn bots. So I spent like actually quite a bit of time on Google Translate because I was getting these porn bots for some reason. And so I, I translate, I'm like, Oh my God, what is the deal? So I've gotten them now in like different languages. And I, so I put them in my, you know, on, on sort of the back end to watch out for this. And so I'm holding back a lot of comments now because I just, I don't want to get into trouble. So, and, Mm. and it's a distraction anyway, but I'm getting these uh, notes and emails from people that when they apply this, it's so deceptively simple that they are stunned by the results that happen relatively quickly. When you change your mindset and you actually start doing the work in terms of up leveling your thought quality up-leveling the way your self-talk, you know, instead of calling yourself, I'm such a loser, I'm such a, such a, such a, such a, such a, to really get on board with the, you know, well, it's a principle of correspondence, you know, all right, as above, so below, hello, within, so within goes without. What is your self-talk like? And it, it's shocking how how people, yeah, hey, call myself this and I call myself that. And since I, since I've done this switch, I'm getting this amazing stuff reflected back to me in my interactions. You start realizing you start having similar conversations with other people who are doing the same realization and the same application. So it's like the universe reflects that back to you. Or the 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 reality, the manifested ma- the manifested reality gets reflected in terms of your own self talk. So switch that up. 
And so I'm really focusing in more on that um, because there's there's a lot of people who are doing that work of outing like the cabal. I'm sick of it. I'm sick mm. of talking about it. I don't want to give them any more energy. You right. know, there's plenty of people in the matrix who want to do that. It's like, be my guest. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun with that. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk about, I want to talk about nature. I want to talk about creation. I want to hear people's stories about their transformation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of that is, is, is really uh, clearing those layers of trauma that would even prevent you from even imagining that you're a divine being. Right. I mean, just getting back to these, you know, these sweet basics and being sweet with ourselves, being sweet or self-talk um, and our outlook uh, to other people. And so I've, I've done I've done a complete uh, circle with that. You know, I don't have the that naivete anymore. Um, and I pay attention when people show me their assholes. I believe them. I believe them. it's like, yeah, no need to convince me. Gotcha. Mm. I get it. I get it. And, you know, swipe, <laughs> now, you know, I just let go. What advice would you have for someone who might be in the situation where they live with somebody who, uh, or they love somebody who, you know, employs negative self-talk in their own yeah. daily life, right? Because I, I personally can say that's part of my personal growth is is getting over that negative self-talk that was instilled in me through family, through stern parenting, and yeah. and this idea that oh, I have these expectations to live up to, and you know, still there's you know holdbacks from that that I'm dealing with, but. Um, what I've noticed in relationships and friendships is that it's very hard to relay sometimes this message to people. You know, they hear uh, me, for example, saying like, oh, well, have you tried like, instead of saying like my life sucks, saying like my life's great. And they're just like, it's almost like so simple that they're like dumbfounded by it. Like that's so dumb. It could never work. Meanwhile, I'm over here like by myself in my car, like singing songs and realizing like, oh, my life's getting better because the songs that I'm singing along to in the car are matching this positive reality that I'm, I'm not listening to the negative music anymore that I was reciting and and thinking my life sucked, you know, like music for me kind of pulled me out of that among other things. But what advice do you have for people who maybe, you know, live with someone who they want to teach about this self-talk? My advice is for those of you who are in these relationships with people who are really kind of on a negative slant internally and therefore outwardly, is that you hold them large. You see them as their divine true selves. You see them as they truly are, not as their circumstances, not as their traumas, not as their mind control programming, their challenges, their whatever. See them, hold them in that space of love, truth, and beauty and remind them, you know, and it it does, it takes a while. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because so many people in the matrix are so, you know, they've got that celebrity 
gaga gaga, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, okay, if you're going to do that, why can't you hold yourself in that frequency? And, uh, you know, because what it is, is, you, you know, that fake it till you make it. I mean, it's true. You need to act as if you are the end result of what it is that you desire. And uh, it's not just seeing yourself in that final goal frame using uh, transurfing reality lingo, but it's also in that goal frame of seeing yourself as a success. What are the feelings and the emotions that you will need to feel in order to materialize that reality? Mm. What are the thoughts? the beliefs that you need to align with in order to materialize that reality, because, you know, all the all is mind, it's mental. So you have to do that work. And that work has all these different ways. It's got an emotional component to it. It has a mental component to it. It has a physical component to it and an energetic. You have to line all that up. And have that heart, mind, body, soul coordination. It is so deceptively simple. And you have to own your attention. You know, and in in the matrix, the matrix owns our attention through the outer screen of what it is that we witness in any given shit show, whether you're watching the boob tube or outside witnessing something or the shit going on in your head, which is usually a reaction to everything out here or all of your worries about all your mind control programming and all the stuff, all that negative self-talk. So by owning your attention, the moment you feel yourself tripping out or overwhelmed by what you see, you got to wake yourself up and enter into the center screen awareness center because our awakened state is our natural state. And it resides here where we can see everything in the outer screen, Notice everything that's going on here and know the difference when you're here where you can witness all of it going on at the same time. And it's only from here that we can compose an up-leveled reality through all of these different layers and components that create materialized reality. You know, you got to do that mental work. Yeah, and, so you know, well people said. are like, I shit, how do I do that? You know, well, you start by getting clear on what you, it is that you want to create. Mm, okay. Right. And a lot of that is doing the, 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 uh, the comparisons, you mm. know, seeing the polarities in your life. Well, what do you prefer? You know, give yourself the permission to get clear on what it is that you want to create. Oh, that's selfish. No. No, actually, it's not. It's good work to figure that out. Mm, right. And in a society where we're so gravitated and captivated to the boob tube, as you put it, it's like people aren't given an actual model of what this looks like. They're only given yeah. these sort of fictionalized versions of, of what people's lives look like to, to sort of role model. And there probably is some sort of deceptive magic to it, but it is a magical act to clear yes. your space, right? Like when we talk about magic, there's some concepts of like, well, you need to clear your space first. Well, think about it like this. 
all of the politics you see on the news, all of the entertainment, all of that garbage, that is muddying up your spiritual space. And as soon as you clear all that out, it's yeah. not selfish. You realize, oh, it's me and the universe around me. And I need to focus on my relationship with the universe around me. And this is how you do it. And I think you yeah. just, you crafted that sentence so perfectly when you said that, you know, it's you uh, and I'm probably not going to be able to remember it, but you're sort of um, holding uh, your results. You know, this is what you need to be now. Like you need to be the end yes. results of what you want now. Yes. And it's I think that's so It's the application of the law of assumption. Whatever it is mm. that you want, assume it to be done. Right. And it's that. That's, that's like that's part of the mental work is right. is to assume it and then. You watch. The universe has all these cooperating components. And you start meeting people who are having the same beautiful self-talk as you are. And it's being reflected back to you. And these cooperating components. I mean, it's just like sparking, connecting the dots. I mean, it's wonderful. Mm. And it's amazing. And so I love getting those letters. You know, people are just like, whoa, dude, this shit is happening. It's awesome. You know? And it's like, I mean, it's so good. It's so, 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 so good. Yeah, no, it's, it must be, I, for this show, we sort of talk a lot about synchronicity and I often get emails from people saying, Oh, you know, this synchronicity happened. I was listening to the show and that same day I saw this and it's always, you know, it, Yes, it's cool for me, but it indicates not so much that I'm doing anything right, but that this show is tapping into something that everybody is sort of hitting, getting hit by yes. this wave of uh, yeah. maybe like synchro mysticism where they're starting to see a how c- their culture has been sort of mystified in these certain directions and b how their actual role in life has been mystified and then now that you have that realization okay well what does it look like to be clear what does it look like to be pure without those yeah. you know other yeah, intentions exactly. invading it <laughs> yeah and when you own your attention what happens is that the matrix no longer hijacks you mm. On, on the outside, when you do the great inner work, the matrix and your traumas doesn't get to hijack your inner field. Right. So you can spend a lot of that energy because you'll have a lot of energy coming back to you on focusing in on the details of what it is that you want uh, the universe to collaborate with you with, because that's what it is. It's a collaboration with the mind right. with that whole realm. I mean, it is like so freaking cool. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And wow, this has been sort of a, a flying by fast here. I mean, I typically have more time to do uh, research beforehand and I apologize for being so consumed with my skull and bones research, but please remind <laughs> well, that would do it right there because <laughs> that, that is some intent. That is an intense rabbit hole mm. to dive into, mm. my well, friends. So my hat is off to you for, you. yeah, well, undertaking on, that on today of all days, Indigenous Peoples Day. Because I mean, for me, yes. it's particularly special. Uh, the reason I became introduced to this whole conspiracy was through 
someone I met in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, and he basically told me the story of Geronimo and, and how his skull was taken to the tomb. And, and uh, yeah, it's been sort of my fascination to research why they would do that ever since. But enough about me. Uh, you mentioned your book, and I'd love to know the title of it. And I will say we, we edit an intro in at the beginning. So everybody listening already heard <laughs> your accolades and all the things you've done. But just for me, my purposes now, what... What's the name oh, of your book and tell everybody where they can find it. The book is called Eft Wide Open, mm. The Rude Awakening of the Heart-Based New Humanity. And that. the Eft can be any F word that you <laughs> want to insert in that, even the obvious. Um, and uh, you can find it on Amazon. And uh, I, I, I used to poo-poo Amazon. I don't anymore. You know, because they're helping me out. Hmm. Um, yeah. So you can find it there. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, you know, they censor some books, but uh, for the most part, they're sort of the only way to get a lot of this information, especially if you live in a place where they don't have uh, bookstores that are open to this type of genre. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've been to yeah. some states where people, you can't find anything that's not biblical in a bookstore because the bookstore owner's Christian. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is like, you know, let, let to the side. But yeah, it, I'm curious, what's next? You know, I, I you have your YouTube channel and, and I'd love to yeah. add that in the description for people to follow up with. But what's next? I mean, what do you see coming on the horizon for you? Do you plan on writing another book? Or well, you... what I'm working on, I'm working on completing. Uh, so the next book is going to be a three, three volume, a, a one, a three in one volume. Jeez Louise. Hello. Can I even talk? Um, so it's my book one, two, and three. It'll be the third edition of one, two, and three, in one volume. So I'm, I'm making all the, I'm getting ready to go into edit mode of that. And uh, it's called the living love series. So it's got after wide open and then uh, book two and three, and I'm wrestling with the titles because the, the original titles that I had, yeah, it's just not appropriate anymore because it's gone through all these different iterations. Uh, just, based on uh, really the uh, trajectory that I've been on in the last seven, seven years since, since uh, all this gutting happened in 20, 2014, 2015. So it, it really is, um, it's going to be cool. I'm also putting together a, um, a class um, or a series of classes that I'm calling uh, spiritual Kung Fu. I'm going to start with the white belt series, which is really a, a, a do it yourself kind of boot camp for, you know, how to own your energy, how to wield your creativity, how to, um, you know, protect yourself from lower vibrational frequencies. Like, you know, the Kabbalah people will ask me, well, how do you avoid them? You raise your frequency. Right. You know, we are talking about lower astral plane demonic energies. These are these are low vibe creatures and they're not human. Right. And the only way they find you is if you are in a constant trauma state and you're going in the opposite direction of your true 
divine creative nature, my friends. So it's deceptively very, very simple, but it, it's it's a challenge to extricate yourself from the matrix because of all the distractions to own your attention. So um, a lot of it is a lot of exercises as to how to own your attention, you know? So I'm, I'm uh, um, going more into depth about reality creation, just everything that I've learned from all the many different people that I have studied, uh, including reality trend surfing, uh, Neville Goddard's work. I mean, there's a whole Maxwell Maltz. I mean, there's all these people that I, uh, you know, when I was a teenager, I mean, that was one of my escapes. I was reading all these esoteric new thought uh, books to uh, really, you know, because, and I attracted those because I was aligning with my magical fairy who was, you know, kind of running the show. And uh, so that's always fun. So, you know, just sharing these direct experiences and, you know, hopefully people will find find value in it and be able to apply it and, um, you know, play with it. And that's what this is. You know, I'm, I've been playing with this stuff for decades. Mm. And I, I think it's one of the reasons why, um, you know, it's funny because I have all these friends that are like my age, you know, and they've all retired. I'm going to be working the rest of my life. Uh, Cause you know, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm lucky. I don't have to get away from my work. I actually like it. You know, and, and, you know, so that mindset of, oh my God, 30 years in that hellhole. It's like, why do it? Why? I, I don't understand that mentality, right. but that's, you know, that's part of the scripted programming that people do when they're stuck in the matrix and, you know, they adhere to these scripted lives, life, you know, this whole script and this trajectory. No, 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 no. And, you know, I mean, they're all well off financially and, you know, I'm sorry, but they're in ill health. And, you know, they all look at me and they're, you know, they, they tell me things like, I hate you, whatever. It's like, don't hate me. Why don't you just see me as an inspiration to like your new life, for instance. But, you know, these people would not give me the time of day because in their, in their view, you know, because, I don't have a retirement fund, you know, I, I, yeah, I didn't get bankrolled. Um, I have funded my own ass and, you know, they see that as a failure in and of itself. Mm. You know, I don't, I made my choice. Well, and it's interesting to point that out in context of what we're describing before mm-hmm. about yeah. like the society, because what do, what do they do to our elderly who are supposed to be the wisdom sharers and the ancestors? Yes. They say, oh, yeah. we're going to ship you off. You're going to spend the rest of your life vacationing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you old fossil, you. you yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's hor- horrifying. Well, horrifying. How much of your, because you mentioned being a, a black belt, multiple black belt holder, mm-hmm. how much of your martial arts training do you say, you know, fit into all this? Because as a martial artist myself, I think that's a big issue in our culture yeah. is we don't have yeah. this sort of like bond between the psychosomatic, like our real true human power yeah. to tap into our body, our mind and our soul and their connection. And martial arts did that for me, at least. Yeah. I, I still practice, wow. you know, I'm not much of a fighter and I'm very, I, I'm very realistic about it, but I'm fit as a fiddle. You know, it, it's like, 
I, I have a bag downstairs. And uh, so I do all of my forms, my exercises, my kicks, all of that kind of stuff. It, it really prepared me just in terms of being able to focus and to be able to challenge my physical body um, and to align that sort of that, the sort of uh, uh, mind over matter kind of thing and to push. Um, so when I was younger, and I, I touched upon this a little bit, those of us who are black sheep, we have to be able to pull through and survive the self-destruction phase. When you're doing your deactivation, you're doing your, you're deactivating your mind control and your programming. Um, and then, you know, when you have these family systems where you are deemed as the worst of the worst of the worst, um, and as the black sheep, a lot of us go into self-destruct mode. And I know for me, I had a little bit of a death wish. So I like to ride fast. I put myself into like really like shady situations and just just defying, uh, you know, my life. Oh, oh, yeah. OK, blah, blah. And then, you know, one day I woke up and I realized, wait, this is not this is not very loving. And and this is not, you know, the pain threshold of putting yourself in weird positions where you, I, I've had a lot of broken bones. I've had a lot of injuries. Um, it, it, I had a martial arts instructor, Taekwondo instructor, who taught us as women, if you're going to be a distraction, you have to learn how to undistract yourself. And one of the things that you got to learn is you got to learn how to take a punch, take a kick. And, and it's so funny because I was commenting uh, not that long ago about some of the Hollywood fallacies. you got these chicas in these five-inch platform heat form heels. Like, what the hell? And they're taking full punches to the face from a dude whose fist is bigger than their head. And they're not blowing up? Like, come on. Stop. Stop it. I mean, it's just, it's just complete foolery sorcery trickery it's not true and i remember the first time i took a punch my face blew up like that and you have to be able to keep your wits about you and be able to think straight think on your feet and apply what it is that you know in order to defend yourself from uh, bodily harm and so you know, that's one of the divine masculine principles that we have to learn is that principle of self-defense. You know, and of course, we've we've got the um, the flip side of that, the the feminine principle of non-aggression, you know, but each is appropriate in its own timeline and its own based on your own circumstances. So I've had to navigate that kind of stuff. And I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I'm really thankful for it. Um, and you know, and who do I have to thank about Emma Peel, man, Emma Peel of the Avengers. That was the show back in the day when mm. I was a little girl, you know, her little karate kind of, kind of things, but you know, very cool. Yeah. That <laughs> one, that one I'm not familiar with, but for me, oh, yeah, you should check it out. You should check it out. 
For me, I then Catwoman was good too. Batgirl and Catwoman. Okay, okay. yeah, I, I like some of those shows from that time. Yeah, I, I'll check it out. I um, I could say UFC was sort of kind of on the fringe of becoming mainstream when I was a young guy. So I didn't particularly like sports, but I did like that. And mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Lee and his book, The Tao of Jeet Kune Do, was like, I love that book. I would you know, read it every day. I bring it to school with me. I would, you know, take it with me to the martial arts school I was going to. And what really stuck with me wasn't the kicks or punches that made up the latter half of the book. It was the first 10 or 15 pages where he takes you through uh, different pieces of Taoist thought and not really in any particular order. You know, you can just kind of take it, pick and choose which ones resonate. And, uh, and I resonated with so many. I mean, it's on the shelf back there, but uh, yeah. that laid the foundation for all of this. And and you're such an inspiring that, person. That's I, wonderful. <laughs> I and love having you thing. here. <laughs> that book, that book, and the Taoists in general. Mm. I mean, they are in alignment with the Hermetic principles. Right. Right. I mean, they really, really are. I mean, the the Taoists say everything will eventually turn into its opposite. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, you know, I I know that's stuck with me and I'm like, hmm. That's what we have here in the States. I think that's almost becoming, uh, yeah, it's becoming obvious now. But wow, this has been truly a a treat to speak with you and and learn all this stuff and get some. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, of course. I I appreciate you joining me and sharing your your well worth uh, wisdom with us. And yeah, I, I... I'm excited to to have you back on. I want to talk to you uh, and continue this conversation, but particularly uh, when you have, you know, these three volumes uh, <laughs> edited and, and you're ready to, to reach out to the world. Yeah, you talk about the switch in, in focus, you know, mm. because w- when you undertake something like that, I mean, there's some things that you have to shuffle around. Uh, and and certain there's certain sacrifices that have to uh, that that must be that must be done in order to make the time and to be able to sustain the the energy of that. But you know, I'm I'm good at do DIY that that sort of thing. You know, and by the way, I'm a fan of your work. Thank you. Thank truly, you. <laughs> Thank truly. You. Epic. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I look forward to hearing what you think of what I do at the beginning of this episode, because like I said, I like to make a a full intro. Be sure to let everybody know exactly who you are. But one last time, tell us where they can find you. You have your book. You have a YouTube channel again after they banned you once. Do you have a podcast as well? Can people listen? I do. I do. So my YouTube channel is Love, Truth, and Beauty. And my website is love, truth, and andbeauty.com. And that is in the process of, of getting, uh, you know, I'm, I'm constantly reinventing myself or like uh, up leveling. And this is my 23rd iteration of a website wow. since my first website in 1994. <laughs> my whole life. And so, yeah. What was that? But that was when I was born, 1994. That's awesome. How, how fortuitous is that? Right. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, I consider that a sign. So, you know, and and it's it's so much fun 
you know, because I am learning how to uh, do stuff on my own because I, I relied a lot on Sabina and then, you know, uh, the other group of people. And so I'm having fun learning how to do applications and, uh, you know, because I'm actually quite tech savvy more so than I give myself credit for. And so that's been like really fun. I've got a bunch of blogs that are like getting ready and just, you know, timing them all strategically. So I just don't like do all of this all at once, you know? So, I mean, that's part of my thing is to let's just drip it, sweetheart, and just calm down, Uh, you know, because I get very, I get very uh, uh, impassioned, as it were, right. and um, you know, I, I'm not into burning out anymore. Mm. It's, it's just not, not one of my things. Yeah. Not one of the things. Yeah, so. we gotta, we gotta balance our energy and and use it in the in, in its right capacity. But wow, this yeah. has been. Yeah. Really fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. And for everybody listening, go to the episode description, support Maria. And, and of course, enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now. This podcast is sponsored by The Hit Kit. Go to hitkit.us. Use the promo code in the description. And get yourself a hit kit. It's the number one way to keep your smokables safe all in one place right there, safe and sound with your lighter. And some of them even have the lighter built in so that you don't have to even take the lighter out to use it. Go to the YouTube and check it out. We've got a video there. You can see exactly how it works or just go to the hitkit.us and get yourself a hit kit today. All right. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Be sure to go to lovetruthandbeauty.com to check out more from Maria. And she has a book as well. Both of those are linked in the description as well as all the ways that you can support the show. That's right. This is a free podcast. It's a value for value podcast. Uh, We only do host read sponsors. Yes, I do consider those value for value. Uh, No dynamic ads on this podcast, but this show can't go on without your support. So please help us out with a one-time donation. Help us out with a Patreon subscription. Help us out on Rockfin. There's numerous ways to do that. You could even just give us a rating and a review. Five stars and a positive review. You don't even have to say anything. You could just put a bunch of emojis. Who cares, right? That helps the show. As for me, I've been doing a lot lately. We've got a bunch of episodes coming out. A lot of episodes down the pike getting into some astronomy in a future episode, getting into some old world Tartaria in a future episode, getting into some really fascinating conversations. Eh, I don't even really want to give another hint. I gave you two, two good hints, so we'll just leave it there for what's coming down the pike. Now, like I said, value for value, But it's not just one way. It's not one-sided. 
if you sign up for the Patreon, you get bonus content. You get access to the Illuminati Confirmed bonus show. We just had an Illuminati Confirmed episode 18 with Mario Garza last week, and we'll be doing a Patreon episode. Well, we should have did one tonight, but we didn't. Look at that. We'll do one this week for sure. And then, of course, the Synchro Wisdom Dialogue. If you'd like to take part in the Synchro Wisdom Dialogue, go over to the Kofi store, select a time that works for you. I know you value your time while I value mine. We could have a good conversation about whatever you'd like. Whether you need advice, you have something you want to get off your chest, you have a story you'd like to tell, maybe you have some research you'd like to share, the Synchro Wisdom Dialogue is the place to do it. And definitely, if you're planning on creating a podcast, consider getting some advice, a strategy, a game plan. I would love to help. We have a new episode of Your Handbook for the Apocalypse that just came out. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Susquehanna Alchemy, iTunes, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. I prefer Podcast Addict. That's my favorite podcast app. And of course, a new episode of Esoteric America, episode 12, is out today on Rockfin. It'll be out Thursday on YouTube and on all of the podcast apps that day as well. But I do recommend you check out the visual portion of that show. That is the bread and butter of the show. As for me, I've got to get back to work on a new episode, not just this one. But another episode coming out this Friday. So, thank you for tuning in and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now. Terrestrial, trying to stay human in a cesspool of professionals. But I confess too much off of the tongue. All my aunties and my uncles shield the ears of the young. I be saying shit and they don't know where it's coming from. In like a hundred years, we went saw upon before guns. Check the facts, check the Fed, check the stars. Stanley Mines was murked for a water fuel cell car. They each they own, you could stick with your old ways. But eat the rich, you drink the motherfucking Kool Aid. And I can see the red on your lip stain. White skin, blue collar, pure American made. Fuck it. Keep your blood soaked heritage And run the soul off the moon landed narrative Yeah, my girl thinks that I'm embarrassing My folks think I'm nuts but never question the parenting Stuck in bed so my boss thinks I'm lazy Connecting dots but it's all kinda hazy The morning in the net feeling like I'm Dick Tracy My pack thinks I'm on American and shady Yeah, I'm feeling unhinged lately Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily You could tell me that the president's an alien It wouldn't phase me My family thinks I'm crazy Think that I'm off in the deep end. Want too many Netflix docs on the weekends. But check the budget for a military defense. Tell me we ain't scared of something not within reason. Steel beams, another 1492. And 9-11 was the red, white, and blue. And you be lit off the floor, and ain't got a clue. All your dreams just shit on a Rockefeller shoes. Don't believe a damn thing a politician ever said. Ain't one brick left to go up in the Fed. They still got bricks of cocaine to make crack. Oxy's killing the working class, FDA's whack. 
Talking like this, got kin talking behind backs. Too much to unpack, so they talk smack. And I'm just trying to converse with my clan, but it ain't fan. So I'm here setting up camp. Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy. Connecting dots, but it's all kind of hazy. Good morning, in there, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy. My pack thinks I'm un American and shady. Yeah, I'm feeling unhinged lately. Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily. You could tell me that the president's an alien, it wouldn't faze me. My family thinks I'm crazy. Anything out, so you know, maybe I am.